been a while. Huh? I did a show on Sunday night. We watched Nitro. And, um, you know, I said, I'm, I may be on tomorrow. I don't know, it's my birthday. I'm going to watch All Elite Wrestling All Out, which I did. It finished about 10 p.m. here in Great Britain. Maybe 9, to be accurate. It feels important to be accurate to discussing what we're discussing today. And I felt like I'd missed a lot. And I've got a lot of messages about, you know, doing a show and I need to talk about this and there's a big story I need to cover and all this stuff. And um, I'm kind of confused what you guys want me to talk about. I mean, it's great that Samoa Joe's back, but, like, what do you guys – is it that deep that I need to go live at 3 p.m. Great Britain, 10 a.m. Eastern? I mean, Samoa Joe's great. I like him very much. But, like, you know, well, am I missing something? I don't know. So, anyway, Samoa Joe's back. Thanks for joining me. Uh, no, I'm, I'm just playing. Um, you will notice that I'm wearing a very – particular shirt which is um, you could argue is a political statement in the current climate this was a birthday gift because you know I like these kind of shirts and it is featuring the All Elite Wrestling original roster um, as you can see there are a plethora of faces who I'm sure felt a certain way about this Sunday's events. We will at some point talk about all out here today. I'm willing to talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. But it does feel foolish, as much as I would love to focus on the wrestling and generally try to, it feels foolish to get into all out in a kind of traditional review when, quite frankly, the show has been completely obliterated in terms of coverage, attention, buzz, Momentum, excitement, so on and so forth, because at the press conference, one of the more surreal happenings in modern wrestling history um, took place. There will be people that, to make themselves feel better, which I very much relate and sympathize you know, with, will tell you this is not that big a deal. I may have told you that until this morning I actually watched the press conference in question. I am unable to make an apt comparison to what CM Punk did this Sunday at the press conference after All Out. Um, it would be easy to say it was very much like, ironically, the the all um, the Art of Wrestling podcast, in which he you know went through the whole World Wrestling Federation and kicked the shit out of all of them. But I will confirm to you, this is not like that at all. Because in fact, CM Punk had just won the world's heavyweight title. And was still covered in the blood from the fucking classic main event he just had, as he said that the EVPs couldn't, couldn't, you know. Well, he said a whole bunch of things. I mean, it was a hell of a, it was a hell of a show he put on, but it was the kind of thing that forever changes a promotion. I'm sorry, that just is what it is. I think most of you will agree and understand what I'm saying when I say that. I mean, he said some stuff about the elite guys that was like, like podcast dipshits like me would pull those punches. I mean, it was crazy how far he went. Um, to be clear, and we'll get into my personal feelings on this in a minute, but I want to just make it clear now. I'm not going to give you a strong take on right, wrong, or anything in between, because frankly, I don't know any of these people. Um, I don't even know anyone that knows them, as far as I know. Um, I'm sure 
that if you look at the details, you can pretty firmly take a side if you'd like to. I encourage anyone that wants to do that to do so. But as someone that speaks into a microphone, I'm going to avoid making a fool of myself and simply say that I think a lot of these gentlemen would benefit from being more like adults. I'm aware of how um, hilarious that is coming from me. And that's part of why I'm not going to comment on the way people handle these things. But, you know, you guys can make your own wind up. <clears throat> I'm not... I really have no interest in being, like, playing this out like I'm a fucking judge. I mean, I, I don't care. What I will say is, um, on a personal level, I must say this has been a very interesting thing to kind of process in my mind. Now, granted, I got to this a lot later than you guys, so I didn't experience it in real time. I didn't experience the kind of chaos of that. I've just kind of been picking up the pieces. And my initial reaction to it was, well, that's fucking hilarious. Because I do think on some level, it is objectively hilarious. Um, I mean, it's outrageous, right? It's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. There was a fucking chair shot thrown, which in all seriousness is very dangerous, and I hope everyone's okay. But objectively speaking, that is inherently comedic. With that being said, the more that I have pondered it, the more I've realized that my laughs and my overall grin at the kind of chaos of professional wrestling um, is absolutely me coping with where we are one year removed from the greatest wrestling pay-per-view I've ever seen. Um, I have to say that I think it is really sad that we've ended up here. Um, I am just guessing. I don't know any of these people. This does not strike me as the kind of situation that will be easily remedied, especially with you know the track record of some of those involved, especially one of those in terms of dealing with these kind of things. Um, this feels like a line in the sand, the boiling point we all talked about, you know, things coming to a head. And unfortunately, that is going to result most likely in, um, in this promotion being weaker as a result. I know many of you are more elite fans than you are CM Punk. And that makes a lot more that makes a lot of sense considering the promotion's name and a lot of you got into you know the promotion very early when a lot of these folks were, were rocking it, which you know I, I totally get. Um I can only speak myself. I'm not desperate to see an AEW without CM Punk, you know, FTR perhaps. I'm just not. Um if you are, that's not saying you're wrong. I'm speaking for me only. One of the few guys that I'm really, I really enjoy the the current stuff of this year has, has been Punk, and I, you know, my interest, my investment has kind of gone up and down with the promotion overall. Punk stuff always has a hook. I think there's an emotion there that I just, I can't sit here and tell you I'm excited about this idea of like we'll just get rid of. I'm not saying they shouldn't get rid of Punk. I'm not one making the decision. I don't, I don't, you know, that's for them to figure out. What I'm saying is, I can't tell you that that's like a good outcome to me. Like, oh yeah, get rid of Punk and we'll get back to you know the way it used to be. Like. That doesn't feel like the anything to celebrate to me. You know, it's probably the right decision. It's probably the correct decision in a lot of ways. Again, as much as I know, I don't know a lot. But I'm sure not rushing to see that. Like, this is sad, man. And, again, we'll have our fun and we'll continue to have our fun because it is very chaotic and very, you know, absurd. It's very pro wrestling the way these fellas handle their business. Um, and I say fellas because I think at core, whatever side you're on, we, we can all agree that everyone involved um, it should have spoke, you know. Simple as that. There should have been more communication. Um, I'm not acting like Punk is in the right on this. 
what I'm saying is everyone should talk. And ultimately, this all goes back to a promo line from from Hangman that was not dealt with correctly internally. And this is the result of that publicly. I'm not here to take anyone's side. I honestly, they could do what they want. They're grown men. They, they can fight and throw chair shots at each other. They do have that. I'm saying as a fan, I am absolutely not sitting here like, yeah, man, get rid of get rid of punk. That'd be great. Like, no, that's not my it's <laughs> not my perspective at all. I'm just, you know, just being honest. So whatever. While we talk about this, let's do some business here. Uh shout to Sam, who cheered 100 bits. Thank you very much, brother. We appreciate you. And Ingles Draws resubscribe program. They've been subscribed for four months. Michael, we've been on it for four months. Oh, how I'm now expecting war games with the bloodline versus the elite very soon. My God. Um, I mean, it would roll, to be fair, but still wild. Thanks for resubscribing, but I appreciate you. Um, yeah, this is the thing. Like, I, Look, guys, I'm not doing this today. Seriously, I'm not. I'm, 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 I can't stress more to you that I'm not like, I don't care. <laughs> I'm talking about what this means for wrestling. And if you want to pretend this is just one guy, I think you're putting your head, burying your head in the sand because it's clearly deeper than that. Clearly deeper than that. And this is stuff that if you're on the Discord, you'll hear us talk about semi-regularly. I know that Young Dukes is in the chat and he was there last Thursday after the Grim went off the air and we foreshadowed all of this shit with a pretty lengthy conversation about the current culture in AEW just based on what us way outsiders know about how much of there's a split in the roster and people, you know, with one side or the other. This is way deeper than just one dude who sat at a press conference and talked shit. I'm promising you it's bigger than that. It isn't just a case of cutting out one guy and solving the whole problem. It's an actual cultural issue. It's an issue with the promotion and the management has been, you know, it's been handled in a way where it's got to this point. That is the key. Whether we're on this side, that side, wherever, I don't care. I don't know any of these people. What I'm saying is this didn't have to get here, and it isn't just one dude the reason it got there. That's the, that's the absolute – to me, that's objectively the case. I have no interest in arguing it. You know, Tony Khan sat there and watched the whole thing play out. Please, Meech, I can't do this today. I'm, I'm being serious. I, I genuinely can't do this today. So, anyway. It's a mess. And the point I'm trying to make beyond all of this stuff is that whatever side you're on, it's bad for all elite wrestling. It's bad for professional wrestling. This is not good, man. They're in a real bad spot here. And like, we're all so stuck in the details of the drama. It's like, forget all of that shit, man. He has to now pick between two top guys, two top acts. And with those acts, there are their own like fan bases, you know? It's just brutal. It's absolutely brutal, and I don't know what they do. I don't know if there is a good outcome of this. It's just, it's 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 not a good it's not a good spot to be in, and I don't know what the answer is. Um, I think it's very clear that Tony is understandably feeling the pressure right now, which isn't a surprise for any of us, you know, that have been kind of even vaguely connected to the story. Um, his Crockett Promotions line, as funny as it was, did not come across as a particularly confident statement or a particularly, um, you know, it came across like a guy who's feeling the pressure right now. And I understand, I get it, but they're in a really tough spot and I don't know the answer. So my point is, beyond all of this, and I'm, I've, again, I have no intention to get involved in the details of it. You guys can do that shit, you know, somewhere else, but I ain't doing it here. The point I'm making is, 
this is not good. And we can all have fun with it in like a content way and be silly, but this is a legitimate disaster because Punk just fucking beat Moxley on the pay-per-view in the main event. And we're now talking about the fact that the most likely outcome is that Punk is like not around for a while. It's just, it's a mess. So just to explain this the best I can, I'm not a scoopster, so I'm just one guy who, you know, has followed the situation relatively closely. Obviously, look at guys like Dave and Sean if you want more accurate information. I'm just one person talking. Um, there is a handful of wrestlers that, you know, resent the way the elite do business. That does not mean they are right. I actually think there is probably a lot of evidence that Punk is slightly paranoid in this case and has convinced himself that the guys are leaking stuff they aren't. I don't know. I don't know these people. What I'm saying is there is a handful of guys, and I would go as far as to say more than that, but I'm confident a handful, so I'll say a handful, that will see that will very much feel a certain way if Punk is gone here. We can feel everyone about it. We don't work there. What I'm saying is this is not a case of um, if Punk's fired, everyone will be throwing a party. And, no, this is deep in that. He's just the guy who feels like he runs the place and can say these things publicly. He shouldn't say them publicly. Obviously, it's fucking insane that he said it publicly. What I'm saying is, is that he's not the only one that feels that way. And it's a whole thing. And those of you that have, you know, again, I know this is, this is way inside, but those of you on Discord, and we've been in the, you know, Manny and I will talk about stuff. So this is not going to be a surprise to you because we've talked about this at pretty good length. Um, there are way too many stories that have been very public um, and people have just gone, it's a work. And it's like, no, it's not actually. Most of these guys are way too emotional and caught up in this stuff to be working any kind of shoot heat. Most of them just actually, there's actual issues there, you know? Um, it's, it's a mess, genuinely. That, that's like the only conclusion. And I agree with the point. I agree with this about um, it's more public, but it's been an absolute disaster internally and they've been dealing with it the whole time. And so ultimately it's, you know, it's going to come to a head this way. It's, it's just, it shouldn't come that way. It's, it's wrong. It's unprofessional. So on, so forth. What I'm saying is it's not like um, this hasn't been a major issue for the company to deal with this kind of clash of philosophy and the guys and where they came from and what they're doing. It's just, it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. And I, I think it's been clear in recent months there's a lot of issues. The amount of leaks are legitimately, like, mind-boggling. Um, the fact that this came less than two weeks after a major team meeting, which everyone gave a speech, a team meeting that, by the way, resulted in just more leaks and, like, a handful of the wrestlers getting, like, buried for what they said. Well, not a handful. A couple of the wrestlers getting buried for what they said in the meeting. A full black breakdown and play by play. It's a mess, man. It is like it isn't just a punk thing, it isn't just an elite thing. Clearly, punk, you know, was insane to handle it the way he did here. But it's um it's just it's not a good situation. And I, I don't know the answer. You know, I, I think the 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 best thing you can hope is that this shit happening the way it did results in them dealing with it and like steadying the ship and making some hard decisions and picking the guys that they trust and, and want to be there, which would be the best thing they could do. I'll be totally real with you guys. I have absolutely no confidence in that being what happens here. Um, you know, 
it's a lot. And this is our thing. Again, I'm not a scoops, but it's just it's all out there and everyone knows the deal anyway. There is a lot of this going on. A lot of guys are trying to get out. This all happening while Triple H, you know, does his fucking World Wrestling Federation babyface turn is not great and exacerbates it. Um, it's it's a mess. It's an absolute mess, and it's like it's a nightmare situation. Because again, it's like if if you did, if all this happened after Punk lost in three minutes, then fuck it, man. Just cut. Look, like he just you just had him beat your top guy. You know. It's brutal, man. It is, it is absolutely brutal. I don't know. Um, I mean, I guess we can talk all out. Has anyone got any questions or like that, you know, aren't actively insulting? Because I'm not trying to upset anyone, but I just, I'm, you know, I, I, I find it very hard to do these conversations sometimes. It's very difficult for me. So I may avoid your question if, it, if I feel I'll be a piece of shit about it. I don't want to be that way. So anyone got any questions? I'm sorry, guys, if I'm snappy. It's just it's hard sometimes to talk about these things. Everyone's very emotional, you know. Uh, Shoebacker, resubscriber Prime. Living subscriber four months. My God, oh, how? Thank you, pal. Cool name. This is an incredible place to be, too. Because that brings its own, that brings its own thing. Um, are you ready for NXT tonight? I don't know what's on NXT. So, no. Uh, Bob said in the chat earlier that Fed Dead's on at eight tonight, so don't watch NXT, watch Fed Dead. He's going, to, he's going up against the Fed. I don't think you're reading too much into Starks and Hobbs. Um, my immediate reaction was the same as yours. Um, if you watch the late night grin on Thursday, a lot of people were weirded out by the way we spoke about that match because we talked about it like it was like a funeral rather than a hot wrestling match, and we was very concerned about all the political elements of play. I think if you saw the match, you'll know why. They did fight, you know, Hobbs went over in five. I think there's a lot of stuff going on with Ricky. I'm not an expert. I'm not a scoopster. I'd imagine it'll all play out in the coming days and weeks, but I don't know how long Ricky Starks is for AEW. I certainly, you know, there's certainly the alternative take that he's sticking around for some time, so I don't know. But we talked about it on Thursday that way for a reason, because that's what the word is in this weird circle where everyone leaks stuff and everyone talks to everyone on Twitter. Um... See, this is a great example of what I'm talking about when I talk about a cultural split, okay? As Jake mentions, Hangman was the champ. And Punk's ideology on, or, or thought of Hangman is he hasn't done shit in the business. And that there is an absolute core of why there's an issue. Because there are guys who have been a certain place and done certain things, and they do not see these other guys, even though they are the center of the company, the way that, honestly, they should see them. And it results in this weird thing where guys are like wrestling to prove they're like the the real power in the situation, you know, to prove they're the important party. So that's like a perfect example encapsulation of the issue. Um, uh, I believe Christian was not, he couldn't wrestle. I believe was the case. So that's why they did the squash. It's the same situation the Fed was a few months ago in AEW. It was the promised land and everyone went to leave. The tables turn and will turn again and again. I agree, but it will be harder for Tony to turn this particular table because there's less of like a um, like a structure to fall back on. Right? They're less of like a uh, established piece of the industry. They're kind of, they feel a little bit um, unsteady because they're so new. But I do ultimately agree with you. I mean, if 30 guys go back the other way, then it will be the same problem if there's not enough TV time. Um I agree, Max and Stokes, nice deal. 
yes, we'll talk about the Acclaim more in detail, but the Acclaim match was incredible. Blew me away. Did not see it coming. They gave him 20 minutes. I knew the crowd would be with them. One of my concerns about the match was that it would hurt Swerve and Keith, which is, you know, so much die Swerve can live. Um, but, yeah, I, I was blown away by the Acclaim's performance, and they were over huge, and that was one of the best matches on the show. There was three matches I thought were great on the show. We'll get into them in a second, but the Acclaim for sure, Max specifically. Um... I don't even, man. I think full scripting's a mistake, but I do think it's clear that, like, some control needs to be done. I mean, like, genuinely, it's not, like, again, and maybe this is great. Cody Rhodes leaving the promotion two weeks after cutting a promo on CM Punk is fucking ridiculous. I don't care if he's an EVP, the head booker. No, it doesn't bother me. Like, that's where they're too loose. I don't need them to script or anything, but like you need to rein guys in a little bit. And that's Punk Hangman stuff on both sides because Punk did the thing where the ridiculous thing where he called him out for a fight and Hangman had no way of answering that that didn't make him look bad. I mean, it's just brutal. Absolutely brutal. I saw this. If anyone was going to watch Impact, Mark Madden put it over, sure, put, a, put an end to that. In hindsight, did the three-minute match on TV make sense? Still think title versus title was the biggest angle they could have done. I'd have left this title versus title. I thought it was compelling, but I didn't think it really added beyond... I think a Clash of the Titans-style dream match was what you needed to do there. Um, yeah. I think I think that's what I would have done. But I didn't think it was... I didn't think it hurt it by any means. You know, Tony's answer about the pay-per-view, I thought, was telling in its own way, but I don't think it's a result of that. So, there you go. Um, I know, yeah, was it... What was he... Was Ricky doing, like, a cosplay? This will be interesting. The MJF presentation will be interesting. How much is he paired with these guys and how much is he just on his own, you know? Pop, the ringer is involved. Um, yeah. It's very, it's, it's, it's rough, guys. And this is saying that, like, we've kind of alluded to and talked about. But, like, you know, like, the podcast culture of, like, old lads talking about how much the show sucks? You would be amazed and saddened by how many guys on the roster, like, co-sign that take. It's kind of brutal. Like, they really need to, like, build a culture there and just be like, if you don't want to be here, don't be here. Because that's a real thing. And there are a lot of guys trying to reshape the promotion from within. And I'm not even saying, look, I'll be real with you. There's probably some guys trying to reshape it that would create a promotion I would prefer more. But that isn't the point. It's AEW, ultimately. So, like, that ain't their job or their role. Oh, dear. He was. Swerve is great as a villain. Great, great in that role. Um, it was very funny. Swerve immediately bleeding was very funny. His look in general was very funny. The hair, shaved head thing is amazing. Um, amazing stuff. But, but yeah, Joe's the man. I'm glad to see him back. And if he's into the idea and he's locked in, he could be very fucking useful right now because... They need some cooler heads. Speaking of such, yes, Jericho is one of those. Um, there are a lot of things about Chris Jericho that you could push back on or critique. Um, as Paul mentions, one of them being the match he had last on Sunday night. Um, the fact that he won, the finish, the way it was done. I know where they're going, but my God, still. Um, the fact that he pinned Brian Daniels with the Judas effect is incredible. It's brutal. But 
he is a cool head, and I think the reports are basically reflecting what everyone has kind of seen, which is that honestly, everyone is really like on edge right now. And one of the only guys just keeping cool and fucking trying to police these things is Jericho. Um, I think that reflects poorly on some of the other gentlemen involved in this story. But it is a credit to Jericho that he's, you know, he's kind of staying steady in a time of great turbulence. Because, again, I can't stress enough, folks, if some of this stuff is making it to, you know, dipshits like myself and others, it's bad. Because it shouldn't be that way. The, the the leaks need to need to be policed desperately. Um, what's this business? Chief Content Officer is an incredible nickname or name title. Um, Falls on melt the meltdown. TK's meltdown. Sorry about there to be counter booking. See, that's what I'm saying. That's the kind of thing where it's like, while it popped me. Um, in terms of how fucking funny it was, and like I respect the I, I respect the the approach. Like I, one of the best things about Tony is that he'll kind of fight back and he won't be pushed around by them. Like you, like I thought the way he said that. Um, I thought the way he said that was very telling. Quite frankly, I mean he's always very animated, but I thought he came across like someone who was like very wounded in that moment. And I get it, man. It's hard. I understand it, and I. I sympathize with him in that I think he has really good intentions and it's just like egos are kind of kicking the shit out of the promotion. He did such a great job building. He has to wear some of the responsibility for not controlling those egos. That is ultimately what he's there to do. Um, but also I, I don't want to, you know, I mean, I, I put the blame on management's feet earlier, but I also think it's worth noting that you know, these guys are 30, 40 year old men and they need to fucking, Talk about it, man. Neither side seems to have talked about it with each other. It's insane. They're going to fuck this up. It's the first US major league alternative for 20 years, and they're going to fuck it up. It's bonkers. Um, my God, Manny is doing a... My God, if you have an acclaimed article title for Manny, please put it in the chat. This is true. Distaste at the workplace is nothing new. However, I would say a shoot chair shot is quite dramatic. That's wild. Um, pop. Rest is cool with Chris Jericho. It's hard not... Look, man, it's easy to beat up Tony Khan right now. It's really hard not to be in over your head when you're a fan of the industry and you've got 150 wrestlers and some of them are your favourites ever. It's really hard. I just think he probably could have protected himself more of a stronger infrastructure and he probably should have put his foot down a long time ago on certain things, but like, it's hard. I don't want to, you know, kick the shit out of a guy. He's made wrestling a lot better, um, frankly, but I don't know. It, I, like, I'll be really, and you guys can, I'm, I'm trying to frame this in the correct way um, because yeah, I, there was a big part of me, especially last night, the way it just come on to about how funny it was. This was like a story. It's like so outrageous. It's comical. But the more you think about it, it's like, man, I, I think this is a really bad situation. And I know that's not like a hot take or, or breaking news or anything, you know, stunning that I've come up with this conclusion, you know, breaking news from Joe Bing Bong. It's bad that this has happened. 
I am like, as a fan of professional wrestling, I'm actively concerned about where they're going. And I'm not saying they're going to die. I'm not saying that like the, but what I'm saying is I'm really struggling to see a way, a likely way they come out of this stronger than they came into it. Um, this year has been kind of insane in that regard. And, you know, I know this is uh same we talked about on the grim recently, but like, I'll, I'll just speak for myself, right? Ultimately, if you told me a year ago, uh, this is where this would all ended up. I'd have been like unfathomably upset, <laughs> like absolutely crestfallen. And I don't know what your everyone's perspective is, so I can't speak for myself. But like the idea that that summer and all out and all fresh could go down in history is just like another what if if fucking egos and whole shit didn't get in the way. I I find to be truly like devastating for professional wrestling because whatever you think of AEW and whether you think of Tony Khan, this is a billionaire or a billionaire family. At least I don't know the fucking details, but this is a guy who loves professional wrestling, had the money to back it up, got a great TV deal, had a great roster. And I think did a pretty damn good job for the most part. There are flaws we talked about at the time, but I still think he did a damn good job putting that show people like still does every week for the most part. And the idea that, we're still going to fuck this up and we're not going to be able to like have a true alternative and it's going to, it's going to swallow itself up with ego and just nonsense. I find to be horrific. Genuinely. I, I, I mean, that's just my opinion. I, I find it to be kind of brutal in that way. And part of deflecting from that is like, being fun about him, but like, Oh my God, they still bit the guy. It, you know, it's fun. It's all, it's, 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 this sort of ridiculous scenario you can have fun with, but then you really think about it. It's like, we all kind of agree. He has to just like pick between CM Punk and the elite. And it's like, I think most people would agree that he has to go with the latter for the sake of stability and like what the company is and what this particular story is. So I'm not saying that what I'm saying is like punk is the world champ and just beat John Moxley in the middle of the ring clean. And like, we all agree. That's where he's at. Like, yeah, that's, that's it, man. That's, that's the situation he's in, you know? It's wild. It really is. I don't know. And maybe I'm being hyperbolic. Maybe they'll have a great show Wednesday and Saturday, but like, it feels like they're fucking falling apart right now. It's, it's insane to me. And I mean, at this point in my fandom, I really don't have skin in the game beyond just like, I just would like there to be options for what I can enjoy. I mean, I, I really don't, I think you guys know this, and I'm not saying it to say the show's bad, but like on a personal level, you know, you're, um, your your investment goes up and down, and mine's like this year has gone down, and it doesn't mean it's bad. It just means I, you know, I preferred it last year. It's not a big deal. I think the shows are still good, as I say very very often on these shows. And as Paul says, like yeah, it's very seldom dropped below pretty good, and there's weeks where it's like great. So the show's good. I'm not saying it sucks, but like my investment has dropped enough that this doesn't like worry me in the kind of um, raw fandom way of like this thing I love is getting fucked up it worries me in like a broader where are we going here you know like how is this one year after what was like such a triumphant run for them and such a kind of big time um emergence as a true i don't want to say compare because that's always weird but it's like 
I don't know. It's just it's it's I do I do con- it concerns me very much that the team meeting was followed by this because I think that tells you a lot about like the issues within the company. And I think that's very, very alarming. Um, I don't know. I hope that, you know, I hope that things get better, obviously. I think everyone that watches me knows I don't really take any great joy in these kind of conversations. I'm just being honest with you. I, I find it to be very alarming. Um, and I get this, man. I really do. Like, I understand it. I can only speak for me, and I'm probably on my own, most of you guys watching, and that's fine. I'm not saying anyone's wrong because a lot of you guys have different fandom than me. I'm not – like, I, that bums me out. Like, whether you're right or wrong, you're probably right. I thought Punk's match at All Out was, like, incredible. So the idea of him leaving does not excite me. I also think it's deeper than Punk, and I think Punk being the guy who goes, while it probably is the correct decision – I think will have ramifications and be, there will be collateral damage that will affect my enjoyment further with other guys that feel like they're punk guys. Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm talking about this for 35 minutes wasn't my intention. I'm just trying, I'm just trying to give you my full presence on it. It's, it's quite the deal. And again, it's like, I'm fathomable. If you'd have told me, just even six months ago, where we'd be, fuck. Amazing how things change. I think in hindsight, it was stupid of TK signing Colt when he knew he was trying to get punk. Honestly, no. Um, I think it is absolutely comical, embarrassing, ridiculous, um, damning, all of the above that they can't work in the same place. Uh, I'm aware of how deep their beef is. I totally respect that. People don't like each other. It is what it is. However, there are legitimately like 120 wrestlers at TV every week. Please, this is this cannot be the thing that falls this whole situation, and it appears it's going to be. You know, the idea that like Colt Cabana, God bless him, I have no issue um, with you know with the guy. He's a good to but like, the idea that he's going to be like one day I'm going to have to tell people, explain to people that the, this whole thing fell apart because of a disagreement on who got Colt Cabana you know, relegated to Ring of Honor or whatever. It's just, like, so childish, man. You know? It can't be, like, it can't be that. These guys have got to be better. And I say these guys meaning anyone who, you know, did or didn't leak that, anyone who did or didn't tell the truth, whether he did or didn't do it, I don't know. I don't work there. I'm just saying, my God. It's brutal. Uh, I did think it was MJF here. Only because I thought the Stokely thing was always pretty likely, even though it seemed ridiculous. The way they did it, I thought, made it seem big time, though. Uh, and this could be very much the case, to be clear. Like, I, again, this is why I'm hesitant to point fingers, because if MJF didn't – sorry, if Punk didn't get cold, you know, can, then I understand why he's mad. I just also think there's evidence that he may have, like, convinced himself it was the elite when it may absolutely not have been, because there's been a lot of people but talking about that situation for the longest, so. I don't know. Um, what's your take on the idea that Colt uh, Cody, sorry, see where it was going and so it was a good time to go. Um, I think it's all shit, but you know, what are you going to do? I think Cody lives way, way too in his own world to be like, you know, sweating bullets about Punk's beef with Hangman or whatever else. Like, I just think, I think he knew there would be unrest, but I think Punk, I think Cody was probably part of that unrest. Um, 
one thing I will say for Cody is, and this is just based on my very little knowledge of the situation, which again, I want to stress very little knowledge. Um, like I will say that I think Cody was a much more outward executive in terms of the way he would talk to talent and he would kind of, you know, talent would look at him as like a boss figure, uh, which would be a positive for some and a negative for others. It all depends on who you would ask. I would assume, um, I do not think the elite are kind of that way, which again, I think is a positive for some and a negative for others. So, but that is one thing I will say that Cody probably would help with um, and hurt, depending on who speaks to him. Okay. It's weird, man. It's weird how, like, you know, because punk, if Punk's the one that goes, like, I think we all agree Punk's probably... Um, you've got to assume that Punk is just done, right? Like, I mean, maybe he tries to do so, but, like, it feels like he's done to me. If the elite are done, it's like, or out of AEW, it's like, you kind of have to assume they're going to go to the fucking Fed, which is like a really weird, uncomfortable timeline. I don't know, strange situation. Um, if House of Black is done, is that the, the biggest drop ball from AEW in their short existence? Um... It's a pretty big one. I think there's been a lot of circumstances, and I'm not trying to, you know, do the fucking let it play out thing, but I think Malachi's health, both physically and unfortunately, appears he's going through some stuff, which big love to, you know, Malachi Black. I'm, you know, rooting for him, absolutely. Um, I think it's kind of limited what they could do with them. I will say I think it's an act that's kind of not suited to the way they do their TV, which is fine. That happens. Um, it's been disappointing for sure. You know, Malachi's had a really weird run, but again, I do think there are other factors involved there that kind of, you know, have limited them and maybe explains it a little bit. That's just my read on it. I don't know a lot about that situation. I would love to know what Punk and Mox said in the ring. As I didn't see Punk's part about Moxley on the press conference, but I'm told he spoke glowingly of Moxley. Um, so that's an interesting, you know, kind of element of this. Like Moxley's kind of... I mean, if Moxley's in, then I'm fucking, I'm going to war. You know what I mean? Whoever Moxley thinks best, if he thinks he, we can figure this out, then I think they should try and figure it out because that dude is on another level right now. And we'll talk about all that again shortly, but my God, he's incredible. Because Lance Archer finished with AEW, I do not believe so. Pretty sure he's not. Um, do you think TK would benefit from giving Jericho a tie? Honestly, man, as great as Jericho is for the locker room, I wouldn't give anyone a title. I think it's insane. I think it's a big part of the issue is that there's a confusion as to what... Because, like, you could reasonably say, and you would be right, that, like, Punk buried his fucking bosses and, like, swung on them. But I don't think anyone internally sees them that way because they don't see themselves that way. They just see themselves as, like, the senior members of the roster. It's a weird situation. And that's, you know, saying that probably in hindsight, I'm sure if Tony could have it back, he'd probably change things. But he had to get these fucking guys on paper. There was no big free agents other than them, you know? It's, it's tough. Um, me too, man. I, I agree totally. Like, I, I It's hard to talk about that feeling like you're being disrespectful of a cult banner. I don't want to do it because he's very significant and he's like an important piece of wrestling, uh, indie wrestling history. But like, the idea that like, we're going to have to explain this whole, yeah, like first dance was incredible and everything was great. And then Punk went into an argument with Hangman about Colt Cabana and left the promotion. It's like, man, 
We really about to do this? Crazy. I hope Freddie Prince Jr.'s promotion is good. That could be a strong bit for me. Um, my God, Manny is talking Observer Hall of Fame. Observer Hall of Fame. Wyndham and Freddie Prince talk. I think that'll be a fun time. You know, I uh, I thought that story coming out was very interesting because it, it felt like something that would exist for a particular reason, either to throw people off the scent of where he is headed or to kind of throw up the bat signal and alert everyone that, like, he may, in fact, um, he may, in fact, be doing this thing with Freddie Prince. If Freddie wants to do studio wrestling, I don't know how that suits The Fiend. But... I don't know. I, w- I will say that this could have enough effects that it helps the folks try to get in the industry right now. I mean, I'm, from what we can gather, Comrade and Jeff are actually looking to get in the ball game, and obviously uh, Freddie Prince has made it very clear he is. If nothing else, for any of you that are worried about this kind of thing, uh, this may help them because I do sense the ramifications here will be big enough to kind of affect um, you know, the promotion as a whole. And I think there'll be guys leaving as a result that aren't necessarily locks to go to WWE. Okay. Yeah. It's very difficult. MJF and Punk being the title program in theory is a great example of how things are going right now. It's not ideal. Um... Did you see any of Raw? It was quite shy. I, did, I didn't see any of it. I saw this, the plans and was like, I'm not watching that show. Um, one of my big things, and Dukes and Manny were there for this, so they'll know where I'm going here. And like to be very clear, before I, this is not me being objective or like giving a strong opinion. I, I'm just telling you my perspective. One of the things that bums me out about this situation right now is that like, I think a lot of the guys that I personally am invested in and enjoying AEW may not be around in AEW for for like forever, you know. Um, and the issue with that for me is that I don't know how <laughs> I don't know how likely it is that I become a fan of Triple Paul presents Monday Night Raw because while I can see the show has got better, I still find it to be Loomis aside a very dry presentation. Um, I don't find it to be a particularly fun television experience the crowds are not particularly hot the production irritates me um it is three hours long and the idea that the rest as i like in AEW will simply go to that show <laughs> meaning that the show of the hot crowds and the nitro production kind of and the kind of you know tony shivani and stuff like that the little quirks i enjoy the idea that that uh that show will be left with wrestlers I don't particularly care about is kind of brutal on a personal level. I'll be completely real with you. That's just me, like, you know, as one fan. Um, yeah. It's tough. And there you go. Brother knows where I'm going. It's very, very difficult. You know. And I totally get why people won't care about these names. To be clear, I don't know anything about Sam Joe's situation. Um, Joe strikes me as someone that may just, you know, he signed his contract, he'll do what he'll do. But I... I don't know. It's, it's a, on a personal level, he has kicked the shit out of me, I must admit. And isn't this Sunday? It's been a thing for the last couple months. We were talking about on Thursday, pretty good length. Um, 
it's kind of it's kind of a bummer. Anyway, trauma is less depressing. Um, me either, man. I mean, you probably know that. I'm pretty sure you was back with us on the distraction days. I'm pretty sure. I remember fucking up your name a lot back then. Um, like, Triple H, I kind of convinced myself Triple H knew that the USA Network era sucked. He was just trying to win the war. So the fact that he's immediately brought those folks back is, like, devastating to me. It's a blow to my <laughs> to my grin. Um, I read, like, I'm sure Bobby and Miz was good. When I saw the length of it, I was like, oh, my God. I don't know. I can't really comment on Raw fairly because I don't watch it enough. But like, I, I have to be the way I've watched of it. I do not find it to be particularly thrilling. Um, it's not really my thing as of yet. I did not like NXT on USA, but so I don't think I have a particularly good chance of enjoying the program. I agree with this totally. Kenny looked incredible. That match was great. Oracle even liked it. Um. I have to say, I think the world of the women involved in damage control, I think it's a nice act. Um, like, I'm not saying it sucks or anything, but I will say I am a little bit con not concerned because I watched that segment from last night. Concerns too far. I'm a little disappointed in how kind of like cookie cutter to me their presentation is. Like, they don't have any kind of cool, like, individual quirks in the way their promos are shot or the way they talk or the way they act like they're just a trio that's kind of loosely tied together and um yeah i don't know it's it's, it's a weird deal like i don't want to bury it because i think it's decent stuff but it isn't popping the way i think it could with the talent involved as of right now and i think that's kind of a triple i mean the dexter limb stuff's effective and gets over but i find triple h is like that quite a bit like, I was a big critic of when they first started the Undisputed Era angle, and maybe this is a positive because it shows you can turn it around, but, like, they did these really weak invasion angles. Like, it was, like, a really shitty NWO, you know, remix. And I remember being kind of disappointed in the lack of creativity on that front. I think that's saying that he's going to have to kind of maybe surround himself with people that can help because I think when you have five hours of, you know, A-show TV... I think he's going to need a little bit more creativity, but that's just me. I haven't watched those closely. That's just, you know, guess, that's guesswork. Uh, it's just mirrors in the AEW now. It's becoming messy. It's not just you. It's very fucking messy. This is true. Nikki did take the mask off. Listen, I want Nikki to make as much money as possible. She fucking rules. There you go. I always fucked up. I fuck up a lot of the names. Speaking of such, um, as much as I've been a day one fleeter, there was an awful lot of guys on there that I didn't particularly care for. In the past year, a lot of guys I love either joined or gained prominence, and now a lot of them could go. Past year was that brief window of joy. There you go. We're in the, we're in the same. As often is the case, we're in the same boat on that. And if you if you don't get that all, you ain't wrong. It's just like our personal preference on some of the guys. It's hard. Um, I'm always wrestling old head, bro. Old head, bro. Always. He did. He was grinning wide, then he was busted open. It ruled. Um. I agree. If I've made it clear, because I don't think I have, then I would like to say that, you know, being objective and reasonable, unless there's major details we're unaware of, it feels like he should absolutely stick with the uh, with the core that started the promotion. For my personal enjoyment, you know, I will miss Pepsi Phil and perhaps his FTR friends very, very much. But he isn't booking just for my enjoyment. So there you go. 
Um, I've just joined. Have you kicked the share of Crosby for celebrating triple pulls promotion? Yeah, he's aggressive with that stuff, man. I mean, I thought the uh, I thought Clash at the Castle was a great show. Like, I thought it was an excellent show. I loved it. Granted, I didn't watch the Rollins match, but you know, um, I've heard that's good, so I'll take everyone's word for it. But like, Crosby's aggressive with the triple pull fandom. It's not much. Uh, the crowd at Raw, it would depend on what city they're in in terms of Ricky. I won't think he'd get like a raucous reaction anywhere, but he would get a better one in like, you know, the, the smarter um, spots because it is worth noting that places like Chicago and New York and Philly and stuff, those crowds are going to change slowly because the perception of WWE has changed. I mean, I have friends that have started buying tickets to Raw and shit again just because it's like it feels different now. Whether you agree with that or not, that's the perception. So it will change. So he has a better chance of getting a reaction. If it's the right city, he could actually get a pretty good one. Um, I think Triple Paul will push Starks pretty strong. How strong? Hard to get a good read on it. But um, but uh, I think I think Ricky will be okay. What I will say is, like, if your favorite wrestler is going to go to WWE, Triple H is WWE. has got a much. It's a much like safer thing, you know. Um, with Vince, there was a ceiling that was exciting for your favorite guy, but there was a floor that was like their career is dead because he, he completely kills them. I don't think Triple H is going to kill anyone. The floor is higher now. Like I don't think he's going to, you know, just completely just miss on a guy and not understand them. He may fuck up the details and not push them correctly, but if you look at NXT as a good example, while there were some guys that you could tinker with their usage, he seldom beat guys, they brought guys in and just like embarrassed them to pop himself. You know, it's not really, that wasn't really his approach. Because why would it be unless you're a 70-something-year-old pervert? What stuff on WWE do you like? Um, I don't watch it enough to like give you a good answer. I think Bobby Lashley becoming like the actual top baby face is amazing. Um, I think Roman Reigns is legitimately tremendous. Uh, I know that's kind of divisive, but like, I think Roman's just great what he does. Um, I'm trying to think here. I like the way the women are kind of on raw anyway i don't you know i see even less of i don't even know what happens on smackdown i'm told it's very bad but um i like the way they're generally presented in terms of importance it isn't perfect by any means but like great example will be at the clash them opening the show like it's it's just different um that's a strength i'm sure there's other things i'm forgetting i, I get to see ray jr wrestle which is always a treat you know the rear stuff's pretty cool. The way she's like the centerpiece. Yeah, it's good stuff there. You know, I, I just, I can't see myself watching the TV with consistency as of right now. That's just me. Crosby is disgusting right now. I feel like all the relationships involved may be fractured, or sorry, frayed bond beyond repair, including Elite Khan. Not saying the promotion is dead, but none of the relations involved go back to what they were before. Well, that's the other thing, right? Is like, it's fucking. It's it's the fact that Tony was there the whole time, man. What an awkward spot, you know. Really difficult. Really, really difficult situation. I saw this comparison made elsewhere about the post takeover show because for those you don't know, Black and Gold era back in the day, they would tape before takeover. They'd tape like a match or two for the next week's TV, so it'd just be videos in those matches. <laughs> And I know, like, AJ wasn't on, Seth wasn't on, Alex wasn't on, Asuka. Here's a couple of us. So, there you go. 
Is Hobbs the one to take the TNT off Wardlow? I think so. Yeah, that's actually a pretty strong, a pretty safe, not safe, but it's a pretty solid bet. Starks would absolutely have me at least tuning in for his segments, but not excited for his 35-minute ladder match. Ladder in a cage match with Codeman. My God. Codeman pop. I would love to know what Codeman is thinking right now. I mean, I have no intention of framing him as like an expert um, because, you know, who could possibly want to do that? But I would like to know his thoughts, especially because he's so fucking weird. They're probably really funny the way he'd phrase it. I saw that he was Brad Crosby's quote to do Yes, King, all how. Well, we're going to get Roman and Braun again. Don't forget him with a good time. My God, you were at Clash, brother. Did you enjoy it? Hope you did. The thing I've always felt that was with WWE is that folk in NXT, and you start to enjoy it when they go up, you're really invested, like Roxanne and Tiffany, etc. come up, I'm going to be so happy. It's a strength, definitely. It's a feature, but also it can be it can be a flaw when they did the call-ups like they did yesteryear because what would happen is they would finish an arc and they would try and, like, Bailey's a perfect example. The first two years of Bailey's main roster run, they was trying to, like, recapture what the story was in NXT, and you couldn't really do that, you know? It, it's not how it works. People had already seen her as a top act by that point, so it was difficult. Let's be honest, I'm trying. All, a lot of the people in WWE's upper mid-card main event don't have much longer. Ray, Sheamus, Hadi, AJ, they're all nearing the end, and NXT isn't really full of prospects. If someone's going to jump ship, now's the time, because spots are up for grabs. I agree, and the other big factor is... Um, the other big factor is that... Uh, the I'm sorry, I just read something else that was very intriguing. The other big factor is that the brand split is a massive help. Like, if you're 10th on the AEW babyface lineup, do you know how low you have to go on WWE Raw or SmackDown's roster to, like, get to 10th? 10th in AEW is, like, Starks, you know? So, I agree. My God. Ricky and Codeman. Sean Hunter. God bless. Um, if you're in the Discord, you'll know that there was some, some discourse about old Pepsi Phil perhaps injured himself in the shoot fight. I'm sure it's fine. Uh, avoid, avoid, avoid. Demon Grin's late. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about Demon Grin's reaction to all this. Codeman convincing Punk to leave so the elite don't fall into the Fed. Pop, Al Snow and Grado and all that business. Yeah, it was, honestly, man, I think it was a great show. I mean, watching at home, I thought it was a great show. So live at like a hell of a time. Hell of a time. All right, let's talk about all that a little bit. I'm sorry, guys, went way long. I want to also, let me stress again. I'm sorry, anyone, I was like, it's just, it's challenging sometimes to talk about these things, you know? It's a little bit difficult. So I apologize if uh, if I was mean to anyone in the chat. I forget what I say, but I feel like I may have been a dick, so I want to apologize. Um, this is a lot to discuss when you haven't talked about it at all, and everyone has given their opinion on it. And you just kind of want to get your you want to get your like re, you want to get your uh, sitting on the fence take out there, and it's like I'm uh, it's hard sometimes. I just don't want to be. I don't want to be the guy that sits behind one of these, and like. His opinions lives and dies based on what letters the story is about. And I'm very scared of that. You know, that's one of my greatest fears in this space is that 
you know, my read on talent and my read on general kind of, you know, these stories, I try my best to be the same regardless of which promotion it is. And I'm sorry, but I'm really hesitant to just come on here and be like, fuck CM Punk, AEW forever. I mean, I wore this shit as a bit, the shirt, the shit, the shirt as a bit. But I just, it's not how I feel, man. I can't, I can't be honest. I mean, he was wrong. I'm aware he was wrong, but I just can't. I can't get there. It's just me. If you're there, God bless you. I ain't saying you're wrong. It's just, I can't do me. All right. Um, okay. Let's talk about AEW All Out, the professional wrestling program that apparently happened on Sunday. I'm going to get a cage match. See, this is a great example of why I think there's such a debate in the promotion. I don't think this is wrong. Unfun Joey says, AEW is the A show for, by the way, that isn't just me talking about myself. This is someone in the comments, to be clear, for anyone listening. AEW is the A show for indie guys. That's why Mox fits. It's not an alternative for superstars, quote unquote, like Punk. Shriek out in the indies, but Punk's ego is forever superstar. TK has to decide what kind of promotion he's running. I don't think you're wrong. Um, that, But like, the issue there is that I don't want to talk for everyone, but I think quite a few of us would like it to be an alternative for superstars. <laughs> and that's probably where there's like such a philosophical butting of heads because I think that's partly the disconnect internally too. Um, we'll discuss Jade in a moment, Willie. All right. Flesh Jack Crosby. Yeah, look, to be clear, I shouldn't have said I didn't want to talk about something because, like, I, uh, you know, I did obviously want to talk about it. I just didn't want to, like, talk about it a certain way and do that whole bit. Like, I can't. I, I just, I don't, you know, I very seldom do it have any story. I think you guys know that. So, whatever. This is about all out. I always was a good show, not a great show. Um, I've seen a lot of different takes. A lot of people thought this was one of their best pay-per-views. I know Oracle did because of the pacing. Um, for me personally, as much as I respect that, I thought the match quality suffered too much as a result. Um, that's just me. It's more. It's one of those things where it's like, what do you prefer? Like the fact that it was paced more like smoothly and it was less, you know, uh, excessive. But I just think when you go 11 deep on the main card, I just think I would have liked it to be a little deeper in terms of quality on top in terms of matches. I thought it was a good show, though, and I thought there were three matches that were, like, tremendous. So how bad can a show be with three tremendous matches, right? I just thought the rest was kind of... Um, it was kind of messy, I thought. I thought there was a lot of weird choices in terms of how much heel victory, how, you know, how much heel kind of dominance there was, kind of cutting the audience off. I just thought it was a strange show in that regard. I didn't love it, I have to be honest with you. Um, but let's get into it. I thought the best match on the show, I'm sorry. Not there a bit, I promise. The other matches were great. I don't mean it's a slight on them. Brothers, I thought Punk and Mox was fucking incredible. I'm sorry. And that may be that may be part of why we're having this conversation with you, because I think I'm alone in saying that was the best match on the show. But I thought that match was, like, breathtaking. I genuinely thought that was one of the most remarkable matches I've seen in years. It was unbelievable. Like, the the energy in the building, Mox's performance, the way that he like 
seems so desperate to embrace an antagonistic, you know, kind of vengeful crowd. But they lo- they he was so great that it went from him getting 30% of the cheers to like being 50-50 almost. He was unbelievable. The drama, the early tease of Punk returning the favor and beating him in three minutes. Um, Punk having this kind of emotional, dramatic shine where he was fucking running wild and they poured it in the crowd and, you know, it was just awesome. Then the cutoff on the post, which was tremendous and was like totally the perfect way of transition in terms of the heat of the match. Moxley taking over, and then that visual at the end will stick with me. I mean, I thought the whole thing was a masterpiece. One of the best AEW matches for me personally. I thought it was just unbelievable. But the the, the visual of him knocking Mox out with the GTS and Mox being on Punk's back and him having to like... Like him having to just... He had the match won. It was a matter of did he have the strength to actually get over the line. Um, I thought it was absolutely spectacular. And I know a lot of you guys are out on punk right now, but that's a big part of why I'm sorry. I can't I can't be happy about the idea that he's not gonna be around. I think he's so fucking good. And that's that's been my take all along. So I ain't like I'm you know surprising anyone, but his shit is just like alive, and so is Moxley's, and they bring a certain energy and authenticity. Um you know, they they just fucking they feel it, man. It's it's there the whole time, you know. It isn't just like Guys stalling to get to the bit they want, you know, the fun exchange at the end, the fun sequences. Like everything had a, a purpose and some substance and gravity, and there was this drama. My God, it was so exciting! Great, great match. I love the main event. One of my favorite matches of the year. Um, one of probably the best performances of John Moxley's career. I'm sorry, I thought Punk was great too. Um, I thought it was fucking awesome. So that was the best match of the night. I thought. I would say the next two are sharing the second spot because I don't want to discredit the trios. Um, but uh, we'll talk about the acclaim next because this is one I was just totally, totally off on, completely wrong. Um, I've regularly said I didn't think the acclaimed had a 20-minute tag title match in them. And clearly that is not the case. I mean, this was over 20 as far as I know. Let Yes, 22 minutes. I thought it was, but I didn't want to like fool myself. Um, and they were great here. You know, the uh, the atmosphere obviously assisted the match, but that isn't an insult. That's how professional wrestling is supposed to work. Them being so over is a credit to Tony Khan's business with um, the gun club and, like, actually a really smart way of getting these guys over as baby faces. I also think the match benefited from... Um, you know, this match benefited from, like, the fact that these teams hadn't really interacted much. So the audience could kind of make the dynamic what they wanted it to be, and they just opted to cheer the acclaimed rather than, like, try to portray it a certain way with loads of angles and promos. They did, like, one promo, two promos together. Um, so a huge win for AEW's book in the way acclaimed, the acclaimed got over. And they've been over for a while, but this was obviously a different level. Um, the Swerve and Keith part of it is interesting. I don't know if that was like the like what they thought would happen or just what happened. I don't know if it matters because the match was great. Um, Max Caster really, you know, impressed me. 
obviously, I think we've talked about Bones for the longest. Like, I think Bones is great. Um, a lot of people think I hate the acclaimed. I just didn't think they could have a 20 minute tag title match. Clearly, they can. I was wrong, completely wrong. So, there you go. Great, great match. Um, one of the best tag title matches they've ever done, actually. So, and that's saying something because the Bucks had a hell of a run with those belts. Okay. Trio's title. I'd say this was probably third, but you could argue it's second for me. Uh, or you couldn't argue it's my list, but you know, I could argue it's second for me. Uh, they're close, these two. The Elite over Hangman and the Dark Order for the Trio's titles. Um, tremendous match. Incredible Kenny Omega performance, especially. The way that he made people bite, me included, on John Silver beating him at the end of this match was awe-inspiring. Uh, his offense looked great. Everything he's doing had that familiar snap of honestly four or five years ago rather than two years ago. Um, he just looked really switched on. Silver and Reynolds stepped up as I think, you know, was probably fair to assume they would. I was concerned early when they were doing the the stuff about Hangman being like, don't be up Max back, Matt's back. But when they snapped out of it, I mean, Hangman really, I thought, made a statement with his performance and was as explosive and the variety he can bring offensively. Is um is special. Love the finish. I thought it was tremendous. Um, and as Paul mentions, the crowd went crazy for Hangman and Omega's face-off, which is you know a credit to the groundwork laid in terms of that feud and that team and all the history there. It shows that it worked and the audience um, connected with it in a major way. So there you go. Great stuff. Other than that, and this is just me. I didn't think much of this was particularly good. Now, I've often said I think people, when they rate these pay-per-views, can be a little aggressive. I mean, I think three great matches on a pay-per-view is a pretty good pay-per-view in anyone's language. But I will say I would have liked some of these others to snap to click a little bit more. I would say the next best match was the women's title match, the Fatal 4-Way. The only problem with that was they were so with Jamie Hayter that like it borderline hurt Tony's title win, I thought, which is very difficult. I'm not trying to blame anyone. That's life. It happens. Um, but I thought it kind of, it made Tony winning feel like another heel win, even though that was absolutely not the case. But the women's title match was good. Um, I think you guys know I'm not like a huge, you know, fan of like multi-person matches and stuff, just because it's to me it's kind of cookie cutter. And this was very much like, you know, there's a, there's a style, there's a, uh, there's like a formula for these that's kind of, been sourced at this point, but I thought they executed very well, and um, I agree with this too. I thought the Sheeta thing was kind of pointless, didn't really serve any purpose, but it was good. I'd say that was the next best match, unless I'm forgetting something. Um, there are a couple of things that really disappointed me, honestly. One was uh, FTR and Wardlow against Lethal and the Motorcy Machine Guns, which I didn't really understand. So this match wasn't bad. But, like, they worked this in a way like they were trying to let the audience, like, have a breath and, like, just they were slowing it down. It was, like, not produced with any bells and whistles and was just, like, just a match. Which is fine if they were going 10 minutes and, um, you know, we're just doing, like, a nice kind of, just a nice little bridge in the show. They went 16 minutes and I don't really remember any of it. Um, I don't know how that has happened with five great workers and like a superstar who's over huge in Wardlow and can hold his own. 
So, no, confuse me. I was reading forward to the actual work in that match, and I thought it was um, pretty flat. I don't know. Um, speaking of trios matches that disappointed me, the Sting one. What's up with a Sting match? That was like a Road 2 match. What's the deal? Why did they just do like such a bland match? There was no juice to it, man. It was like, there was no like, uh, there was no like excitement to it. They just had like such a cookie cutter match. It was so weird. I didn't understand this. Oh, like Sting matches usually have this spectacle at least and they have these sort of big ideas and epic moments. This was just a match to me other than the mist at the end. I don't know. Very disappointed by it. I was actually thought that would be a really good time. I, I enjoy most of the guys involved. Um, no clue. Julia's hat was the best thing. I agree, Andrew. Yeah. Weird show. Weird match. Show. I thought the show was weird, but I meant to say match in that particular occasion. Um, no, I think disappointed me. Hobbs and Starks was, was like, I didn't like, I expected it to be potentially weird, but when it happened, it really bummed me out. I don't know if any of you guys had the same experience. I was kind of upset by that just because it was like, oh man, are we really going in that direction? It's a shame. You know? Oh, it's strange. It's weird. Speaking of things that were odd, I have to say, folks, Andrew just brought it up. Chris Jericho and Brian Danielson is one of the weirdest pay matches I've ever seen in my life. Um, like, Cage match tells me they wrestled for 23 minutes. And I have no idea what, like, the core idea or, or, like, approach the match was or what story they were trying to tell. Or, But they went on the mat, and obviously that looked as you'd expect it to look. Because, bless Chris, he's incredible for his age, but he doesn't need to be on the fucking mat with Brian Danielson. And then, like, they traded strikes, and that looked as you'd expect it to look, because, bless Chris, but he doesn't need to be trading strikes with Brian Danielson. And they were sort of plodding along, and they did they did a couple of submission fin uh, false finishes, where Jericho was doing his classic like this cell he does when he's going to tap out, and that always works. And the crowd just kind of sat there, and like they just sort of like wrestled for twenty plus minutes, and then for the finish, fucking Jericho just low blowed him and hit him with bless Chris. That is the worst Judas event he's ever hit. Oh my goodness. It was terrible. And he just pinned him. What are we doing here, man? This is insane. He's, I just thought that was like an incredible waste of a Brian Danielson pay-per-view match. I don't know. If anyone in the chat liked the match, I genuinely would like you to tell me what it was about you. Like, not because you're wrong. I would just like to be able to see it through that lens because I legitimately was like befuddled by it. Like I couldn't, Get, wrap my head around what they were doing because I've seen a lot of talk about they called it in the ring I think Jericho may have said this I don't know but like part of calling it in the ring is that like if the crowd's not with it you like change what you're doing and they just sort of wrestled um look at this piece of shit demon grin look at him spiteful enjoyed it more than the main event venomous character the demon grin Jericho, the second lion salt, he landed on like his forearms and it scared the shit out of me. Um, I guess the story of Garcia don't have an app was like, because he, he let Garcia down right by cheating, but like, 
Garcia cheated three weeks ago, so it's kind of, I don't fucking know. Anyway, this is what I'm saying. As I talk about this card, there's a lot of stuff I didn't like much. It's weird. Um, the entrance was brutal. You ain't wrong, Paul. That was tough. Christian and Jack Perry's, you know, that's out of their hands. He couldn't work. That's fine. Um, what else? What am I looking at here? Hobbs, we talked about. Oh, yeah, Jade and Athena. Listen, <clears throat> if you know me, you watch these shows before, you'll know that, like, I absolutely am not someone who's trying to, like, single people out or be mean. There is nothing I like to do less than be, like, actively mean. I cannot, with words, tell you how outrageous it was that the baddies fucked this spot up. I couldn't fathom what I'd seen. I was in awe of it. I don't, I'm sure Kier and Layla are as regretful as I am about it, so I'm not trying to go beyond that. But when it is a pay-per-view match and your spot is one minute into the match and you have to protect someone's finish, it takes, like... Effort and skill to fuck it up the way they fuck this up. Jade had to shoot kick out of it, dude. Like, and as Peter said in the chat, Athena felt the same way I did about it. It took me out of the match totally. I was like, I couldn't believe it. Because that's to me, and again, I've never done anything. I don't know anything. So this is just me. But that's got, that's like a concentration thing, man. Come on. You're on pay-per-view. You have one job for the night. Just pull her out of the ring when she fucking hits her finish. It's a minute into the match. It isn't like it's a 20-minute match where you might get lost in where they're in. The... It was in the first minute of the match. And that killed it because the whole point was that Athena had her beat and, you know, she'd been screwed and they went through the rest of the match. And I've always bad, unfortunately. I I don't want to keep going over and over the Jade thing. I, I totally understand it. And I, I think it's actually kind of refreshing to do a push lap for someone who's not a... Um, you know, an in-ring technician by any means, but is a star. I think the same to be said for that. So I don't want to kick the shit out of it, but like, I have not much excitement for uh for more four-minute TBS title matches. Like, I get why they didn't want to give it too much time, but like, if this is even if, if the Athena match got four minutes, like, what are we actually doing here? You know, what's the point? It's just. I don't know. Willie asked what's the end game. I, I mean, I think there's a chance that he just like, well, Chris has got to be here. We'll wait a year. I mean, I think that's genuinely possible. Um, I totally agree with this, which is a weird development. And I think as a result, partly of Velvet being out, but also kind of an example that not everyone needs a faction or a stable. Um, Jade feels like kind of watered down by the fact that she's in a group now to me. I don't know. I just, I'm not going to like, look, at the end of the, the, end of the day, Obviously, I wanted a thing to win. I'm not necessarily like the match sucked because, but like, forget the result because I think we all kind of agreed that while we wanted a thing to win, or most of us wanted a thing to win, she wasn't going to. The level of, of kind of performance in this match was kind of upsetting, I thought. That's just me. Anyway, um, the latter match I thought was strange. Very strange. I'm using weird and strange to describe a lot of this show, you know. I don't know what the... Uh, <laughs> I don't know what Claudio was trying to do in the middle of this when he was creating like a fucking X. I don't know how no one explained to Roosh that he needs to get to the ring immediately because someone can win at any moment. And 
Ray Phoenix had to get up off the floor, get in the ring, get bumped back out by Utah, and then Utah was still too early because Roosh was not coming down the ramp when he can't pace. Andrade and Roosh both appear to have no understanding of how to win the ladder match. This was like the worst example of like setting shit up. Like the match was just mostly people like setting things up in a way that felt totally absurd and, and dumb. Um, I don't know. The more I talk about this show, <laughs> it felt like a lot of stuff got under delivered to me. I thought this was going to be fucking epic. It really wasn't at all. Um, guys were like out of position a lot. And I thought the MJF thing um, was actually really fucking cool. Hanging the Stone song, and I'm sure that cost a lot. But like, and we'll talk about it again in a second because I, I wouldn't want to talk about Max, but. Um, it would have been so much more effective if, like, the match rocked. Like, do you remember when Brock came out in the Money in the Bank right at the end and everyone got really mad? Rightly so. That The match that preceded that was, like, an absolute, like, classic multi-man ladder match. Like, everyone died four times over and was bumping and doing crazy shit. If this match, if that happened here and then Stokely did that deal, it would have got such a better reaction live, I thought. Um, so that's one thing. But I actually want to give them credit for... That was like an actual angle, an idea, and it had like a cool kind of vibe and look to it that, um, that you know, I think saying that they kind of lack sometimes. Like, pay-per-view can be about match quality, and I think this show would have benefited from stronger match quality. But I do really appreciate giving MJF like a, like a cool vibe for his entrance and something different, saying they had some like a genuine... Um, vision for it, you got the sense, right? Like there was actually an idea of what I wanted this to look like. So that I really appreciate. I like doing angles on pay-per-view anyway. So the MJF stuff was very really effective. The reaction he got at the end of the show was great. Um, you know, obviously, you know, he's a great talent and the show will be better for having him back. I'm not trying to stir shit or be dramatic when I say I sincerely hope that other things have been handled internally so that it is not, you know, another uh, thing to pile on top. But as a talent, obviously the show should get better and so on and so forth. Um, I don't think he'll do it full time, Tope, but it would be hilarious how much that would cost him. Yes, I remember this very much. Cody in the ladder match, it was terrible. He's re signed, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's out there, is it not? I hope, I hope it is, so I didn't just like accidentally break news. Everyone's, I thought that was a thing. Max has got a big contract, I'm pretty sure. I think one of their issues will be that one of their issues will be that not everyone was too pleased he got the contracts. <laughs> um, I mean, he's going to be very important, especially if a couple guys leave. So we'll see how it goes. This is a very funny bit. I actually respect the fact that the match can just end before the Joker gets in. Um, strong bit. It's unfortunate that I just broke Maxwell Jacob Friedman news. I don't know shit. He may he may not resign. I don't know. I ain't Dave Meltzer. But yeah, he's absolutely re-signed. 100%. Um, but it'll be a thing. The way people respond to that will be a thing. It's been a thing, I think. So, there you go. All right, anything else on the, the world of All Elite Wrestling? Anything else about, you know, everything that happened this weekend? Um, oh, Eddie Kingston, Tomohiro Ishii was fucking incredible. Um, 
Of course it was. They did exactly what I thought they would in terms of the greatest hits opening. But then when they got going, they like made it kind of epic and it ruled. Um, tremendous, tremendous match. I really think that out of Eddie's guy out of the Jericho stuff, he was in it for so long. I would just have Eddie win matches on TV for a few months. Um, I pitched this in Discord. I'm sorry, I just did this for no reason. I was just great. Uh, but this doesn't work as well. Oh, fuck it. If, uh, if Punk's staying the world's champion, big if right now, the Mad King Eddie Kingston should cut promos about full gear. Because full gear 2020, he had his world title shot, and full gear 2021, he fought CM Punk. The idea of full gear 2022, him fighting CM Punk for the world title, you know, and doing an actual build to that and having him win matches, having him beat Akiyama, maybe at Arthur Ashe, or beat guys on the roster. I think that would fucking roll. So. Um, the mixtape was fun. I'm not Dave Meltzer, no. I just, just big fan. Um, I see, yeah, Ruby, Ruby got fucked up a couple of times in that match, man. Like, the the nose is obviously the, you know, the one that stood out because that was the real injury. But, um, she landed on like her head on one of the spots. It was like a tag move. She landed right on the top of her head. It's pretty wild. So, hope she's good. Feel bad for Ruby. Very regularly when I watch AEW. This is so mean. Like, insanely mean. Um, all right. Folks, we'll do five more minutes. Do we have any questions before we take home? Which is a show that has definitely not been an AEW All Out review show, but like, what do you expect from me at this point? I mean, it's, it's difficult. This show is definitely depressing, huh? What a shame. At Backup Hangman has tweeted, this sucks so much. Co-signed. Agreed. We're struggling, man. Us, us cult of personality fans. Um, it's very difficult. Is there more out there right now? Brutal. Is the fleet fucked? I sincerely hope not. For wrestling's sake, but I will be completely transparent in telling you that while I don't think the promotion's dying or anything, um, I'm quite worried. <laughs> Just to be like real, I'm quite concerned about the whole thing. Uh, hopefully, it's less complex than I think it is, and letting go of a certain couple guys or guy or group will um, will you know result in it being solved because it is not good for wrestling if this promotion falls apart. It's this, the last thing anyone needs, even if it may, if you're a WWE fan and you, you know, don't care, like it ain't good. Um, what did Miro do? I'm seeing that Miro did tweets. Oh, he liked. Yeah. This is a, this is the perfect example. I'm talking about. Okay. So, um, Punk had that famous tweet in May right, about doesn't matter if your opinion of co-worker and that whole thing and Miro quote tweeted it with the laughing emoji the crying laughing emoji and that was a classic example of something where everyone was just like yeah, it's work it's like is it 
I'm not with Miro or CM Punk, let alone ask them what they think of each other. You know? <laughs> like, this is a rule I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put out there, okay? And this will be wrong sometimes, but I think I know enough in my own limited experience to tell you this is a good piece of advice. When guys that aren't working a program and are unlikely to work a program, and one of the guys isn't even at TV, and they, like, take shots at each other. Um, be confident that it's as likely they have real issues than it is that they're working a master plan. As fun as it is to believe that wrestlers are really clever at, like, working people, and in actual fact, most of the wrestlers today are as online as you and I, and they are just very upset about things and mad the way you and I are. So fear the worst. Be surprised when it's better. Um, that's my that's my advice. Do not assume everything is a work because if you do that, it's it's quite alarming when it's revealed that none of it was <laughs> work at all. Um, I think you'd be surprised. I, there are there are guys that are on you know Team Punk, whatever the fuck that means. VW's live audience being less online, do you believe the sheer magnitude of the story will be different? Um, this is too big, I think. I think this has kind of gone crazy. So it isn't even so much about the audience's reaction to it, to honestly, man. It's about how you have to deal with it as a company. It's just the ramifications are so big, you know? That's disgusting. Does wrestling have more than one royal family? No, it just has the roads. All bits aside, this is Bob. About how exciting it is to have actual, actual backstage drama and such. It sucks that I don't think there's any resolution that doesn't involve at least one of my favorite guys in the promotion leaving. It sucks, bro. It's bad. It's very, very bad. Very, very bad. And it will probably end badly. And we're probably currently living through um, a very, very sad moment in time in which wrestling ego and horse shit is going to stop the first alternative major league US promotion in 20 plus years from, from maintaining its place as a true alternative. It's real fucking sad. What are you going to do? Uh, this has been out there a little bit. I mentioned it on the discord again. I don't know shit and it's out there. Uh, there's a lot to about punk being hurt. So good luck. Also, Bobby fish challenge CM punk to a fight. Which is very funny. Finally, some good news. I don't know about Bob, man. I mean, Bob's definitely a tough guy. And he was like a... He was a shooter at one point in his life. But the way he's like feet move around in the wrestling ring, I don't know. I'm not saying he couldn't take punk, I don't know. But I'm not sure about Bobby's physical decline and how it would affect him as a shooter. I'm not sure. Um, how weird was that Adam Cole part of the punk thing, by the way, huh? That's fucking wild. All right, tonight on the world famous late night grin Twitch, um, the lads will be back to review Clash of Castle. I will not be there. I talked about some on uh, whenever that was Sunday, and um, you know, it was it was a great show. I loved it, but I just I haven't got the energy to talk about two shows right now. 
I really hadn't have the energy to do this, but I just felt it was, you know, get out of the way. <laughs> um, I'll be around here and there, guys. The schedule will not be quite what it was. I'm not really in a place to be doing that right now. Uh, I may never do the schedule the way it was. I don't know. But I hope you enjoyed this. I hope it was vaguely interesting slash insightful. Um, it's going to be a weird time moving forward. A really weird time. My own fandom has already been changing a lot in this year. I think that will, be, that will continue. I will try my absolute best to keep the grins flowing at whatever pace it is, regardless of what I'm watching. That could be for grin-alongs of shows you ain't interested in, but you come and hang out because it's a good time. That may be something I do more and more because I don't know how close I'm going to be watching Eva TV in terms of like segment by segment. I just don't right now. Um, there is other stuff, obviously, that I always like dip in and out of, but like I'm just in a weird place with it. And um, I don't want to do the thing that so many people do in this space, and God bless them, all respect to them. Um, but there are a lot of folks that will, you know, force themselves to watch stuff and make themselves hate it, and there's nothing I'd like to do less than that. So I'll be around, just not quite as much as I was for a while. So let it play out. Um, each is right, the Discord is fun. Um, this weekend's shenanigans were probably even more hilarious people that run Discord and use it in some way. Uh, if you know, you know, shout out to young Manny. But, um, but yeah. Is anyone on? Can I raid anyone before I go? Is there anyone I can raid? Is there anyone I can raid before I go? Um, again, 8 p.m., I believe, is 8 Eastern. Um, the lads are going to review Clash. Bobby's tweeting about Bobby Fish versus CM Punk. <laughs> Manny has tweeted. <laughs> Whatever happens in the next few hours will decide if I continue as a wrestling fan or not. Maybe going to sports podcasting. So maybe we're going to rebrand in that direction. I don't know. All right, it looks like there's not on a raid. BTE's out in half an hour. So enjoy that. Um, enjoy whatever wrestling you what you like. Watch your wrestling, as the kids say. And uh, keep grinning. Samoa Joe's back. He run the razor on a run-in. Enjoy this outro. That's not the uh, that's the late night green intro. Enjoy this outro. <laughs>